book six chapter twenty five of henrietta temple this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by martin geeson henrietta temple by benjamin disraeli book six chapter twenty five which though final it is hoped will prove satisfactory our kind reader will easily comprehend that from the happy day we have just noticed ferdinand armine was seldom absent from grosvenor square or from the society of henrietta temple both were so happy that they soon overcame any little embarrassment which their novel situation might first occasion them in this effort however they were greatly encouraged by the calm demeanour of lord montfort and the complacent carriage of his intended bride the world wondered and whispered marvelled and hinted but nothing disturbed lord montfort and catherine had the skill to silence raillery although it was settled that the respective marriages should take place as soon as possible the settlements necessarily occasioned delay by the application of his funded property and by a charge upon his yorkshire estates mr temple paid off the mortgages on armine which with a certain life charge in his own favour was settled in strict entail upon the issue of his daughter a certain portion of the income was to be set aside annually to complete the castle and until that edifice was ready to receive them ferdinand and henrietta were to live with mr temple principally at ducie which mr temple had now purchased in spite however of the lawyers the eventful day at length arrived both happy couples were married at the same time and in the same place and glastonbury performed the ceremony lord and lady montfort departed for a seat in sussex belonging to his father ferdinand and henrietta repaired to armine while sir ratcliffe and his lady paid a visit to mr temple in yorkshire and glastonbury found himself once more in his old quarters in lancashire with the duke and duchess once more at armine wandering once more together in the old pleasance it was so strange and sweet that both ferdinand and henrietta almost began to believe that it was well that the course of their true love had for a moment not run so smoothly as at present and they felt that their adversity had rendered them even more sensible of their illimitable bliss and the woods of ducie they were not forgotten nor least of all the old farmhouse that had been his shelter certainly they were the happiest people that ever lived and though some years have now passed since these events took place custom has not sullied the brightness of their love they have no cares now 
and yet both have known enough of sorrow to make them rightly appreciate their unbroken and unbounded blessings when the honeymoon was fairly over for neither of them would bate a jot of this good old-fashioned privilege sir ratcliffe and lady armine returned to the place and glastonbury to his tower while mr temple joined them at ducie accompanied by lord and lady montfort the autumn also brought the count mirabel to slaughter the pheasants gay brilliant careless kind-hearted as ever he has ever remained one of ferdinand's most cherished friends indeed i hardly think that there is any individual to whom ferdinand is more attached and after all as the count often observes if it had not been for ferdinand's scrapes they would not have known each other nor was lord catch him who can passed over ferdinand armine was not the man to neglect a friend or to forget a good service and he has conferred on that good-natured though somewhat improvident young nobleman more substantial kindness than the hospitality which is always cheerfully extended to him when ferdinand repaid mr bond sharp his fifteen hundred pounds he took care that the interest should appear in the shape of a golden vase which is now not the least gorgeous ornament of that worthy's splendid sideboard the deer have appeared again too in the park of armine and many a haunch smokes on the epicurean table of cleveland row lady bellair is as lively as ever and bids fair to amuse society as long as the famous countess of desmond who lived to the age of a hundred and ten and died by a fall from a cherry-tree then what a frisky old girl in her annual progresses through the kingdom she never omits laying under contribution every establishment of the three families in whose fortunes she was so unexpectedly mixed up as her ladyship persists in asserting and perhaps now really believes that both matches were the result of her matrimonial craft it would be the height of ingratitude if she ever could complain of the want of a hearty welcome in the daily increasing happiness of his beloved daughter mr temple has quite forgotten any little disappointment which he might once have felt at not having a duke for a son-in-law and such a duke as his valued friend lord montfort but ferdinand armine is blessed with so sweet a temper that it is impossible to live with him and not love him and the most cordial intimacy and confidence subsist between the father of henrietta temple and his son-in-law from the aspect of public affairs also mr temple though he keeps this thought to himself is inclined to believe that a coronet may yet grace the brow of his daughter and that the barony of armine may be revived 
soon after the passing of the memorable act of eighteen twenty eight lord montfort became the representative of his native county and an active and influential member of the house of commons after the reform mr armine was also returned for a borough situate near the duke's principal seat and although lord montfort and mr armine both adhere to the whig politics of their families they have both also in the most marked manner abstained from voting on the appropriation clause and there is little doubt that they will ultimately support that british and national administration which providence has doubtless in store for these outraged and distracted realms at least this is mr temple's more than hope who is also in the house and acts entirely with lord stanley the montforts and the younger armines contrive through mutual visits and a town residence during the session to pass the greater part of their lives together they both honestly confess that they are a little in love with each other's wives but this only makes their society more agreeable the family circle at armine has been considerably increased of late there is a handsome young armine who has been christened glastonbury a circumstance which repays the tenant of the tower for all his devotion and this blending of his name and memory with the illustrious race that has so long occupied his thoughts and hopes is to him a source of constant self-congratulation the future sir glastonbury has also two younger brothers quite worthy of the blood temple and digby and the most charming sister in the world with large violet eyes and long dark lashes who is still in arms and who bears the hallowed name of henrietta and thus ends our love story End of Book Six, Chapter Twenty Five. End of Henrietta Temple by Benjamin Disraeli.